Yo, what's up, man? What's up? Yeah, I'll fix that. I rarely use this because usually I use it to talk to my family, but I haven't talked to them in a while. Actually, I see like this guy who looks like he's big and muscular and fit. <laughs> yeah, cameras are very deceiving. Yeah. So what's up, man? Oh, you off? You off today? No, I work tonight. My days off are, um, you know, I work at night, so my days off are Sunday and Monday. You must be pretty used to the night shift by now, huh? But you had a problem, like, adapting, like, when you were over there? I mean, you had to be awake in the morning because of the kids and the family over and everything? You know, I mean, we have a system that sort of works out pretty good. I don't sleep much. I mean, I don't sleep much, but I don't feel tired. You know, I, I eat... Um, you know, I eat pretty healthy here, and you know. You, you eat garlic bread? You still eat that garlic sandwich? No, no, I don't. <laughs> oh, yeah, the garlic sandwich. I couldn't stand that. But yeah, every day in the morning you would. What do you have in there? It's like green tea. Yeah, it's like tea. It's it's. Um, Dude, you're a fucking athlete now. It's ginger. <laughs> I don't. I don't eat much unhealthy stuff. I mean, I only drink a little bit of wine on my days off. But because I work at night, I don't really drink any alcohol, you know, during the week. And, you know, and I, I just find that um, I don't feel tired when I don't eat too much. But, you know, it's okay. I'm good. It's just different, right? It should be different for everyone. But, I mean, I, I've tried, I've implemented this uh, juicing in the morning thing. And I, I see, I feel, I, I feel a little bit different throughout the day, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I was feeling constantly very tired for my poker sessions. They usually last, fuck man, the camera is moving. They usually last a long time. So by the end, you're pretty exhausted mentally and even physically because you're sitting, sitting for long hours. But ever since I started juicing, uh, I just Googled for juicing that uh, would be, uh, energy boost and mental boost kind of juicing so it's, it's like beetroot and uh, apple and carrot all mixed together and ginger and it's a great mix and I, I don't mind it I actually like this type, this kind of stuff so I, I feel a little bit different I like it I think I'm, I need to start exercising to pretty much achieve the peak of my performance you know I was just thinking about that actually you know I've been thinking a lot these last couple weeks about the, the poker and the whatnot and um, like the guy that just won the World Series of Poker mm -hmm. not not in peak physical condition right but, you yeah, talk, yeah. but poker requires a lot of endurance I mean the games go on for a long time and you have to stay like mentally sharp and I sure. and like I noticed um I think it was last year the um, Jonathan Little guy talking about how he's he gets in shape now things like that, but but it doesn't seem like a lot of poker players prioritize health or um, or that it's really talked about much. I don't know. Is it talked about much as an asset or something that's helpful? Uh, I, I, you see the, the top professionals pretty much have a very balanced life these days. 
Like they're not really no longer they're the guys like drinking and smoking and all this. Oh, I'm banned. So almost two years I quit smoking. Can you believe that shit? Wow. Yeah, that's hard to believe. Man, I, I, I used to smoke one after another, right? One after another, one after another. One, and now it's just I can't even drink. I don't. I don't. I don't feel like smoking anymore. It's just like a. It's a blast, man. Seriously, because. Uh, it's something that you know, it was a channel for all that anxiety and anxiousness and yeah, I mean, I I really I, I when I feel like the scent, the smell of smoke in the air, I can tell now, but I could not before. Like if a smoker is close to me, I can feel the the, the smoke in his clothes and everything. Before I couldn't. I, I don't know how you could handle being around me. Are you gonna become one of those one of those guys now who complains about it? Are you gonna go full circle to the other side? Like, oh man, are you smoking? Could you do that someplace else? Yeah, only when I become vegan. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. But I mean, I don't I don't have a lot of contact with people that smoke anymore. I mean. I think one thing that really helped me to transition to uh, to be a non-smoker is the fact that I moved here. So I'm no longer around my friends that smoke all the time, like when we played poker over there. I'm no longer around you drinking wine. <laughs> so then when I moved here, I just quit drinking for a long time, like for years, I think. You know, we're talking about that, talking about... Um, eating habits and eating healthy and feeling better and stuff. I'm surprised that um, like poker stars, maybe people wouldn't want to do it, but doesn't it seem like technologically we should already be at the point where you sit down at your poker table on poker stars, so you're playing online poker, but they could have a table where everybody has a live feed webcam on. Do they do that? Because they could. No, I, don't so. I don't think so. It's, a, it's an idea. I mean, it would add an element to it because then you're seeing the people, not just seeing the people to read their poker face, but seeing them like walking around in their bathrobe, <laughs> eating nachos. <laughs> yeah. Actually, there's a... You can you you can sit on those tables on um, eight 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 poker. They have tables. They are camera. They have cameras. So this one time I was there. Um, I don't have money there, but I had at the time. So I was checking out their system, their tournaments, and the and they they have these tables. There are specific webcam tables that you can play and see people and whatnot. Okay, so yeah. everybody's playing and they've got the webcam on them. Yeah, so just like if you were playing right now over there, I could see you, and then whenever you're playing your hand, I look at you, and you look at me, and kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah uh, the few times that I checked it out, I saw the same kind of people there, so pretty much uh, it should be a thing there for, for players that constantly play those webcam tables. Because then you could also, I mean, then you'd have to take it to the next level, right, where you're the one that's actually playing, but you have like an actor on the webcam. Or you're playing and you have like a stripper on the webcam, right? And so you're like, 
that would yeah. that would become I, really entertaining. Really look like it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the thing is, uh, I think it's a little bit exaggerated in terms of uh, how much people can give away because. In order for you to spot a tell, uh, something that you could rely on as a an indicator of someone's strength, hand strength, it takes time. And for example, uh, if I scratch my my head here, and uh, mm, you know, this could mean something for me, but maybe for another person, behavioral uh, tendencies, it's something else. It could be nervousness because I have a hand, or because I don't have a hand. So it, it really changed from person to person to what what's going to be something uh, in their behavior that will indicate their the hand strength. But yeah, it's an aspect of the game. But usually we rely on actions and consistency. And actions and bat sizings are much bigger indicator of uh, hand strength than physical tells. In my experience, that's what I think. Right, like you're so, basically statistically ana analyzing their betting patterns and paying attention when you have the opportunity to see their hands when they actually have to go all the way with the hands. Yes, and you basically memorize and uh, use that information going on into the game in later, later stages. Of course, a tougher uh, competition is going to be using the same bet sizes for when they're bluffing, when they're uh, value betting, and they are gonna be more consistent in that uh, aspect than people that don't play the game uh, regularly. But yeah, and of, of course there's a um, mind game going on. Whenever you spot a guy that you know is paying attention to that, you could fake you know, one way or, or another. It's, it's a double-edged sword because on the one hand, you, you learn as you play, and so you naturally are going to develop tendencies and strategies. But on the other hand, consistency is almost an insult because if you're consistent, you're kind of exposing your strategy. Yeah, but I mean, for example, you're going to be bluffing sometimes and you're going to be batting with the intention of getting called. So if you do something that's really south to what it did before when you had a hand, that could be an indicator that you're bluffing or, or the other way around. But if you have pretty much a same standard, you know, bat sizing, it's tougher to get a read from you, like what kind of hands you can possibly have in your range in that particular situation because you're pretty much what we call balanced in that spot balanced in a way that you're going to do that action as a bluff and as a value bet as well. How do you decide what tournaments you play in? Do you play exclusively now on PokerStars? Uh, I started playing when I moved here south and and uh, I, I was playing actually before that. I was playing the hostel, man. After you left in the you know, we went to, uh, we had that depression in Brazilian economy, if you will. Like, so I started playing online. <clears throat> I logged on uh, the now extinct PKR. So I had like $5 there, uh, sitting there that I didn't remember it was there. So I started playing in my free time and whenever I had to wait for, for, for guests to come back from Lapa. And I would play like until three in the morning and then wake up in the morning, 7 a.m., you know, for breakfast and things like that. But yeah, 
and I would take it easy, you know, play a few tournaments here. I was playing 50 cent tournaments, and it's, it, it, it was really soft side. So I started building up, building up, building up, and to the point that I had, when I closed the hostel and moved here, I had $800 from that initial, initial $5. So I came here with the money that, uh, the carnival money, right, to support myself for a while, and that's what supported myself for a while, and I was terrified of, uh, you know, what was gonna happen next, what I'm gonna do next, whenever this money's over. So I, I kept playing, kept playing, and I thought, well, maybe I could open a hostel here, but eventually I gave up that idea, and uh, I started playing full-time on PKR. Uh, eventually I had uh, like two grand to my name. When I had two grand to my name, uh, and going up in stakes slowly, slowly, grinding it up, grinding it up, and... Uh, grinding it up how? By playing tournaments or by playing tables? Tournaments, tournaments, always tournaments. I've never been a, a big cash game guy. Uh, I find cash games are really tilting for me. They, what do you uh, mean by that? Tilting to you? I don't know what you mean by that. Uh, tilting is, uh, we use that expression in poker, it's part of poker terminology. Uh, tilting, when you're on tilt, you are no longer in control of your emotions oh. and your, your actions. Your psychological aspect is... The cash uh, games throw you off a little bit. You like the structure of the tournaments. Yeah, so I find them to be pretty tilting because you, in tournaments you buy in and that's at that amount and you're more likely to lose because tournaments should be like 30% of the time, 35% of the time you make the money and around 70 uh, you lose. So <clears throat> tournaments works better for me. So I started playing poker and playing poker tournaments a lot, a lot every day. And by the time the money uh, I brought with me from Carnival was over, I had around 5,000 sitting on PKR. So uh, I thought, okay, so now I have to uh, see how much I'm gonna spend here in terms of uh, buy, uh, paying for rent and doing supermarket and all that good stuff, paying bills, a lot of fun. And every month I would withdraw like, because of the exchange rate. That'll I help you not. give up cigarettes, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was still smoking back then. And uh, because of that, I started withdrawing the minimum I could, only to pay for the expenses and whatever bills I had to pay. And uh, building up, building up, and then I decided to move to PokerStars. But I was afraid to do so because obviously competition there was going to be much tougher than on PKR. So I was afraid to do that, to make that move. But eventually PKR uh, moved uh, their stru structure. Uh, the way they did it was uh, they no longer had tournaments with long blind levels in which you had time to maneuver and you know, exert your skill set. Uh, it was all turbo because they wanted to, they didn't want to, the regulars, the good players, to have a lot of time to outplay the recreational players. So what they do, they shorten the time in which blind is going to increase. So the bigger the blinds, um, the more you are forced to make a move for a small edge. So this way the amateurs have a better chance of actually winning a tournament. So uh, I, I, I got a big downswing, like 1K. I lost 1K. So I was really pissed off. 
because they no longer had good structure. And also another fact was that on PKR, in order for you to withdraw your money, you had to wait like five to eight days. So that was a long time. And when they have bills to pay, that's not cool. That's not cool. And on PokerStars, it's instant. Boom, it's there, it's available to you. It's your money anyway, right? right. It should be like that. So I moved to PokerStars, started grinding up, grinding up, uh, building my confidence, and I started playing really low stakes, much lower than I was playing on PKR because I wanted to get a feel to the uh, competition there, how people play, uh, how good the, the players are, and the games I was playing. So eventually I started winning, slowly going, 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 and your confidence start growing, you know, man, because you're just, you see, oh, you know, I thought everybody was going to be much smarter than me here, but that's not really the case. Well, there must be the more people on PokerStars, right? It's a bigger, yeah. it's a bigger ocean. Exactly, a bigger ecosystem. Yeah. A lot more sharks, but a lot more Nemo's over there. Yeah. So how do you decide what tournaments to play in? Do you just decide by entry? Do you decide by the number of people in it? Like what makes you decide I'm gonna get in this tournament or I'm not? Because once you're in, you're in. Yeah, um, what I do usually is uh, I get my total bankroll and I multiply that by 1%. That's usually what I'm gonna spend in a day. Uh, in in buy-ins, you know, like one percent. It's really um, conservative, but I like it that way. Like one two percent. I never go much bigger than that. And I play a lot of smaller uh, sitting goals. Sitting goals are they are like tournaments, but they have a pre-established number of players that can get in. Mm -hmm. So the last number, uh, the last players in a tournament the more likely you are to reach the later stages, right? So you reduce variance. Uh, so I mix the goals that are like 90 players, 180 players. They are like my bread and butter. Like the, they were generate um, my, you know, money for the end of the month expenses and, and also for the buy-ins for the bigger tournaments. And I play the bigger tournaments. The tournaments, they have like 4,000 people, 5,000 people. You're not expected to win one of those tournaments too often, so you have to play a bunch of them. So I just mix in order for me to have a balance in terms of investment and return. How many tournaments do you figure on average you play a week? It varies a lot, but I think I play like, I don't play many tournaments. I actually need to increase that. But I play like 10 tournaments every day, which is not really ideal. But because I have the sitting goals, sitting goals I play a bunch of them, like seven a day. <clears throat> they are, uh, so I focus more on sitting goals right now, but tournaments are like the big hit. It's like a real estate business, right? You rent apartments, they are the sitting goals. You sell an apartment, that's a tournament, it's a bunch of money. That's a good, yeah, that makes sense. That's cool, man. That's cool. And you don't and you like the online stuff. Yeah, because uh, online you can put in print a lot of volume, right? You play a lot of games then that should be favorable for people that <clears throat> study the game and have an edge because if you play live, you can only play one table whereas uh, online I'm playing 10 tables at a time. Yeah. So I get Yeah, I, I, I guess 
Prince. Yeah, I saw somebody talking about that, about the strategy difference and how adjusting from online to tables required a lot more patience because it can be a little bit, you, you, you anticipate a different pace and sometimes that slower pace is tough to adjust to. Yeah, but I want to start playing live too, even though it's one-on-one -on -one table, it takes a long time. But I mean, for one table, you probably play around three times faster, uh, three times the three times the number of hands online that you would otherwise playing on uh, live environment. But I want to start playing live too because I think it's cool. Uh, we have a local uh, poker club, a few actually, a couple of them close to my house here. We only went there once. And you know what happens? Really funny. <laughs> I went there. So I, I'm the, um, apparently I am the professional poker player here, right? So what happens? I go there, I bust early, and Liz makes the final table. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's still talking about this, man. It's been a year. <laughs> and, and two times it, this happened, two times. One time in, in Curitiba and one time here. That we went, I bust early, and she reaches the final table. <laughs> Yeah, funny, huh? Let me get some coffee, man. I'll be right back. Huh? Okay, no problem. So how's the Oakland scene, man? Do you have poker tournaments over there? Have poker clubs, huh? Yeah, I, it turns out I'm surrounded. I mean, in, in America, it works like this. There are three states where you could play online poker and make money. Nevada, of course. Uh, New Jersey, of course, where Atlantic City is, where there's a lot of casinos. And Delaware, which is a really, really small state. Those Where's Delaware? It's right by D.C., Virginia, Washington, D.C., that area. Up, up there, right? Yeah, over on the East Coast. You could say it's just south of New Jersey. Is it close to Seattle? No, Seattle's over here on the West Coast by California. Delaware... It's like, like middle-ish, right? No, middle it's right next to Washington, D.C., next to the capital. Yeah. I think I know where that is. I need to get a map, though. It's, it's a very, very small state. Most people don't even realize it's, a, it's there that aren't American. So um, those, are the, those are the only places you can play online legally and gamble. But um, there's a lot of legislation that people talk about, things like that. But there's casinos because of the Native American reservations everywhere. And then there's these card clubs, too. So where I live... Um, I could drive to a different casino every weekend or every week and there's a there's an app that I have or there's someone I'm following on Twitter that's like SF Poker that covers the San Francisco area and there's Texas Hold'em tournaments going on all over the place just about any day but the closest place to me is the Oaks Card Club it's open 24 hours they have Texas Hold'em tournaments regularly they have them on the weekends and then there's a lower buy-in like on Monday nights which is my night off so I, I'm thinking like this. They also have tables, right? The lowest table for cash games at the Oaks Card Club, um, the buy-in is $30, and the big blind is 6 and the small is 3 So if I wanted to go there and just start practicing playing in-person poker, hold them, I could do that at those tables with the idea of maybe, you know, in a month or two, starting, like, to participate in the Monday night hold them competition you know, where regularly the winner of that walks out with like three grand, something like that, and usually about the top 15 places pay something. Yeah. 
And um, yeah, so it'd be interesting. But I'm so far as a novice right now, it's going to take me a while to really just sharpen up. Though it's fun to do, and it's a fun project, and I think that's a part of how I like to do this project. So this week, I'm just going to go to the card call <laughs> just to check it out because I haven't even gone inside yet. Just going to go there just to kind of like, you know, familiarize myself a little bit with it and how it goes. But I think, you know, sitting down at the table with $30 as an instruction lesson and seeing where I can go with it or how long I can stay there, you know, would be a, a fun thing to do, you know. Don't they have, like, poker tournaments? Because if you're just starting out, I would definitely advise you not to play cash games because they are, they are tough, man. They are tougher. Like, in a tournament, you're going to play, like, say you have, like, a... $30 tournament instead of $30 minimum buy-in there for a cash game. So you play $30, you probably get like, I don't know, 5,000 chips. So you see that you get a lot more chips to your money, right? It's not like $30, $30 cash game, $30, 30 chips or whatever. Yeah, but the thing is that the lowest buy-in for a tournament that they have is 150 Whoa. Yeah, that's expensive. Yeah. Yeah, the... the you say that the blinds at three six. So if you buy in for thirty, you're gonna have like what? Uh, you're gonna have five big blinds. So you're gonna. That's not really much, you know. No, that's not not much you can do with that. No. So I mean, you kind of need to get lucky. It's hard no, to really. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah. yeah. You gotta but, get lucky. Yeah, that's actually the best advice for starting out: getting lucky. <laughs> But you could probably try to find uh, cheaper tournaments. I'm sure you have those there somewhere else. Maybe that's just the closest casino to me, and I don't, I don't have a car. I don't drive. I just, I'd get over there on Uber or on the public transportation. And I like the fact that it's local, that it's the Oakland scene. It's not technically in Oakland. It's in Emeryville, which is just this sort of city. I don't know if you call it a city next to Oakland. Oakland is, is a cool place, huh? Oh yeah, Oakland's really cool. Seen for pictures, it's very, very cool there. You'd love it, man. You got a place I'm to sure. stay anytime you want. It's really cool. Uh, the weather's always good. You know, it's never too hot, never too cold. There's always. I walk through this part of San Francisco called the Tenderloin. It's just this notoriously nasty part of the city, and that's how I get to work every night. It reminds me so much of Lapa. It's like walking through Lapa. Hey, there you go. Is that Malls beer? Oh my God, Malls beer? Oh man! Cheers, bro. Cheers. I don't even have any alcohol in the house to toast you with. How pathetic is that? I'll work oh, on it. This tastes good. It reminds me of our morning, early morning beer celebration. Man, I'll I'll get some for next week. I'll see what I can find to top Malls beer. I can't believe you drink that. It's so good. You told me you were going to get a coffee. It's like you got lost. Yeah, I had that too. Usually what I tell myself is that whenever I get knocked out of a tournament, that's what they expect a result most times, right? Right. You're not supposed to win tournaments most of the times. It's just that the few times that you win, like 30-ish percent of the time that you make the money and actually win is much less, than, uh, less of a chance than 30% that uh, is going to pay out for all the times that it busted and, you know, make it a re uh, good reward. And, yeah, man, it's it's a concept that is hard for people to, to grasp. It was hard for me because you when you're very competitive, 
you want to win. Losing is no fun, right? Right. But you have to grow re resilient. You have to really be resilient, emotional resilient. Uh, you know, and not really let those things affect you. And keep playing because it's not one tournament is going to change my situation. It's all those hundreds and hundreds of tournaments and results combined that's going to be going to enable me to pay the bills. You're a professional poker player. Well, I make my money solely by playing poker, so I guess you can call me that. That's what I would <laughs> consider you. I mean, I think that, like, I guess on that tour, the people are sort of sponsored, right? They have, like, sponsors, things like that. People who are on poker tours, so they're like... But a professional, to me, is somebody who that's what they do for a living. Yeah, yeah. If you have no other means of income and you pay the bills by playing poker, you can call yourself a professional, yes. Yeah. What else can you call it, right? Right. <laughs> Maverick, maybe. Crazy. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, some people call you crazy, that's true. <laughs> well, I think it, is, it should be very challenging, for example, I mean, say around the time that I met my girlfriend, if I was not doing this before, well, which actually I wasn't, what I'm trying to say is it, it's probably very difficult for a guy that is single to say hey to a girl, right? He starts a serious relationship and says, I'm a professional poker player. <laughs> and the girl is going to think, this guy is no good for me. You know, what a gambling, I mean, but love is gambling, isn't it? <laughs> I guess. I guess. You have to get lucky. <laughs> love is a losing hand. Isn't that a song? If it's not, oh, yeah. it ought to be. Yeah. Love, love is a hold'em tournament with unlimited uh, rebuy-in, <laughs> where you keep losing and you that, keep buying that. back in. Sometimes <laughs> you just run out of stake. You just run out of stake. <laughs> yeah, man. Cool. Have yourself another Malls beer. Have one for me. <laughs> Have one yeah. for me. They don't, they don't sell that up here. <laughs> yeah, you got jealous with that, huh? <laughs> Man, that stuff is bad.